what is up you silly just mediocre little sluds um today i'm gonna talk to my friend sydney but before i get into that i thought it would be like kind of valid if i explain why i missed the last two weeks like not that anyone cares other than brennan <laughs> who had a post about it on instagram i know no one else cares i'm just gonna throw this out there that sometimes and like hit me up if you agree sometimes i get in these little episodes where i'm like oh my gosh i should conquer the world and i just like start writing all this shit down i'm checking the boxes like i'm feeling good and then like something happens like my tiktok getting deleted and i just like feel so fatigued um not that like nothing matters it's just like so hard getting the serotonin and the will to live (laughs) um speaking of me and my friend sydney sit down today and we talk about um depression anxiety eating disorders also trigger warning if you have ever felt triggered because we're about to talk about some deep stuff um so i guess I guess I should say sit down and shut the fuck up. I don't know. It felt forced that time, though. All right, let's get into it. Today, I'm on here with Sydney, my friend from college. Sydney, Yeah, dive in there. Um, And I'm just going to ask her some questions about her mental health journey, like what she's learned along the way. Um, Because my head's really fucked up. No, it's – I mean – Yes. Yes, but we're like – We're working on it. Yes, we're growing. Everyone's head is a little fucked up. Yeah. It's okay. We're normalizing it today. Literally. Okay. And so I'm going to say, how did we meet? Or ask anyway. That was so fucked up. How did we meet? <laughs> how did we meet? Um, I can't exactly remember like one specific like meeting moment, mm-hmm. but we knew each other through Lindenwood Cheer. Right. We were the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we had like different friend groups. But some of the people from those friend groups, like, hung out. Yes. Mutually. And I feel like that's honestly how this whole story of my first memory of you happens. Because, like, I knew who you were because you were friends with a mutual friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, You were actually very close with her. Mm -hmm. And I was just starting to hang out with her. And this is freshman year. It was her birthday. It was her birthday. Um, and she got very, very drunk and my first memory of like actually talking to you and it wasn't even a full conversation (laughs) is she was so drunk and like passed out sitting on the toilet with her pants down, like trying to go pee, go poop. I'm not really sure what was going on. I don't, she wasn't either, but, um, we had to get her pants up so she could get off the toilet. And it's just me and you and Mm -hmm. this girl's just bare ass right in our face trying to shimmy her skinny (laughs) jeans Literally, like, she had her underwear down and skinny ass Mm -hmm. jeans. And so we – And you know, like, freshman year, like, Mm -hmm. we were all wearing skin-tight pants. Dude, seriously. And so we were – that was a trend at the time, like, to see, like, every crevice of your leg. Nightmare. Oh, 100%. So she's sitting there. She drank a bottle of Burnett's. And I come to this party, like, after the fact. And they're like, yo, your friend's dying. And I was like, oh, shit. So I walk in there, and I think you were already in there, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe you came in I, I, So she – um, I'm just going to 100% take credit for how drunk she got. Oh, no. So I was, like, I was with her the whole night. And yeah. If I remember correctly, like, it was, like, a plan to, like, go out and, like, get hammered. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, she like drank. Yeah, because her bottle got left in my room. So I think we might have pre-gamed in my room. I don't know. Irrelevant. Anyways, um, I was like already there in the bathroom with her. And you like walk in. And I, I knew you guys were friends. Yeah. And were you roommates at the time? Um, or did you just live in the same building? I think we lived. I We didn't even live in the same building. We were just like friends, I think. Because she okay. lived with Maddie. Is that how you guys mm-hmm. became friends with yeah. Maddie? Okay, that makes more sense. But... And so I walked in, I was, and I was just like, baby, oh no, oh no. And just you were like, like standing there and I was just was like, she's, she needs help. Yeah. I think I was like, so just focused in that moment. I didn't even know. I didn't even realize like it was you with me. Yeah. Which is the crazy part. Like, I just remember like, I didn't know you and you mm-hmm. didn't know me. And we're like, we were like, contact, all right, it's time to work together. Eye contact <laughs> as her like bare vagina and ass or like in the line of sight and we're just <laughs> shimming her pants up. I was like, I'm not trying to see anything. I was like, let's just, let's get, like, let's get moving. Baby. And I just remember like, <laughs> that is my first memory yeah. like, of you. And then from that moment you were like, oh, she's a down bitch. Like, yeah, no, I literally was <laughs> like, okay, she's, she's chill as hell. Yeah. Um, also because the entire time, like no matter how frustrating the situation was getting with like, her uh she was she was knocked out like mm-hmm. incoherent um and so even that was i just remember how frustrating it was because like we were trying to get her out mm-hmm. and just so many things were going wrong and yep. the whole entire time you still were just like no nah, it's cool like it's okay <laughs> like and i was just like i thought i was a chill person but like this this woman has no cares. That, that is literally so nice that is like so i nice. literally was like she has no cares i remember for some reason, like, I didn't think you were intimidating then, mm-hmm. but then the next year, because yeah. we still, like, that was the only really encounter we had that entire year, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Until Seriously. the next year when we got put on the same team, I remember being like, okay, she's still super nice, but I kind but, of thought you were intimidating. I don't know if it's because you hung out with Paige and Paige scared the shit Paige out of me. Paige is a scary bitch. I love Paige. Paige is, like, not scary in any sense, like once you actually get to know her mm-hmm. but like first like meeting i remember like i think her and Lindsay both mm-hmm. were like being super nice to me when i first joined the team and i was mm-hmm. like they fucking hate me <laughs> no they, they probably, were being nice literally to me, but i was like no they hate me they just got well i know Paige for sure she just has that like resting face mm-hmm. so. well and because you guys had like your little like friend group yeah. together i was like oh my god i'm scared shitless of all of them that's hilarious and then, though the second i actually like became part of the team like Mm -hmm. you guys were the first three to like really like besides a few other people to really actually like be nice and like welcome me in and i was like wow that's cute me we love everybody that's sweet yeah i definitely thought you were intimidating oh but it's weird because like that wasn't my first time meeting you but like i acted as if probably at practice i could get cunty for sure i'm like everyone gets cunty why is there a bunny in the middle of the road um yeah no i just love the same about sydney that she was just a bad bitch because she could tumble and also fly which both are invalid but thank you you could you could do both shut up all right we're gonna get into it and today we're gonna talk about like mental health and figuring out what is wrong with you Maybe um, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Let and me also, diagnose you because I'm a doctor. I'm literally. I'm like, I trust you. Like, if you were like, hmm, maybe you should think about, like, maybe you have this or that. I'd be like, all right, yeah, I should talk to someone professional. That's the thing that I need to realize, though, is because 
I like ask so many questions that like I'm like kind of knowledgeable. I think you are. But I'm knowledgeable about my own experience. So there's right, been times okay. where I've like been to my friend like I think you're bipolar and I look back <laughs> and I'm like I have no <laughs> I have no reason to be saying that to them. Yeah. I have no actual knowledge of like what makes it like I just know my symptoms uh-huh, that I had. Yeah. Like I I have no reason to just be running around telling people what is wrong with them. No, I'm going to give you credit. Like you know <laughs> from your story, like, what worked for you and how everything kind of played out? I think everyone, no matter what is wrong with them or not wrong with them, I mean, if you're completely fine, like, kudos to you, everyone needs to be in some type of therapy. Dude, I totally agree. If your life is 100% okay and fine, you should definitely be in therapy because something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I always say that therapy would benefit everyone. Oh, yeah. Um. Although I'm not in therapy right now. <laughs> I need you to help me find therapy a therapist. Be, therapy can be more than just a therapist, though. I will say that. Like, having – if you have friends that, like, you, like, consistently talk to about your mental health, that can be your therapy if that works true. for you. Totally true. Talking about yourself a little sometimes and not feeling bad. Yes. Which I seem to do quite often. <laughs> and I have no issue. <laughs> no issue. Sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, hmm. I sometimes just go on rants and I talk and talk and then I like an hour later and I'm like I've only said things about myself. This person really? has maybe said five words. But people that listen like that, I think probably like it. Because if I'm I gonna like know. sit and let someone talk for that long, I'm like, I don't have a problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some I think- people just can't talk that well. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm like, I recorded with Brett today and I'm like, he doesn't really talk. I'm really just talking and filling in his sentences. <laughs> is that so fucking bad? He, he does seem kind of quiet, but this is my first time, like, meeting him, meeting him. Right. We're both talkers. So pulled into my um, <laughs> courtyard. <laughs> Literally. He drove through her grass. <laughs> that happened with uh, an Uber driver, too. Like, I was on the phone with him, and I was like, if you just pull into that little parking lot, like, all I can see you from the door, and I'll walk out. And, and he, he just pulled up us, to the front door. He dead ass pulled up right to the front door. And I was like, sir, this is grass because <laughs> there was snow on it. And yeah. he was like, oh. Uh, it started back up. And I was like, just let me get in the car. You're like, but wait, wait. <laughs> um, okay. So today we're talking mental health. So I've got some questions here for Sydney. Um, and we're just going to go from the top again. When did your mental health journey start? And was it cheerleading? Um, my mental health journey started from birth essentially, but I do think cheerleading is when it actually started to become noticeable to mm-hmm. myself. Um, you said before some people are just born depressed. Yes. Um, obviously, I don't know the science behind it, but I do know. I feel like that's true, though. I do know um, things like bipolar and depression and pretty much just really any mental health issue can be passed on. Mm-hmm. And my mom's side of the family has um, just a plethora of mental health issues. Um, and I do think that's something that I feel like needs to be talked about more. Like you can be depressed and not have a terrible life. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can just be sad. Like granted, I'm not saying sad and depressed are the same thing, but you can actually fully be depressed and have a chemical imbalance in your brain and there's no reasoning for it. Like, I mean, I didn't have a shitty childhood, but I was depressed at a young age. Once I I started cheer, things obviously picked up and really really kicked it into high gear. Right. Let's talk about that a little. So you said in in sixth grade you started cheerleading. Yes. You were really small for your grade. 
yes, I was I was a little shrimp, um, but I had been kind of told that my whole life too. Mm-hmm. It just kind of got reiterated by everyone around me about how little and tiny I was and cute. And I think subconsciously, I just... Oh my gosh, Omen, I've never seen him act like this. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. The cats are losing it right now. And cute. Mm -hmm. I'd associated my self-worth off of the fact that I was so little. Mm -hmm. That happens to a lot of young girls. I mean, I don't want to... I can't blame it on anyone because it's kind of just the times we grew up in that, like, that was just the thing you did. Oh, you're so tiny and Mm -hmm. cute, you know? And then by the time you got to college, you were like, oh, I'm not tiny anymore like yes because i i obviously was the biggest flyer on that first team i was on so i kind of okay being referenced that bigger girl no mm-hmm. one meant everyone meant my height but i wasn't actually tall so that's why they didn't call me tall right but yeah. i associated as them calling me fat or not mm-hmm. even just that just big in general and i was like i don't i look at that as a negative even though it never was a negative yeah the thing is you're still smaller than the average woman especially then like you're still then like being like five three like you're still pretty short yes and so that just kind of went on throughout my life basically over the years slowly and slowly started restricting my eating more Mm -hmm. but I never really thought it was an issue until I got to college um it was an issue in high school I just didn't think it was because it hadn't gotten I it, it hadn't gotten bad right And when I was in college my freshman year, I actually, I don't think, really did any restrictive eating. Like, I kind of just did what I want. And the thing is, though, because I was a freshman in college, I was drinking. I also just 100% stopped restricted all my eating. Mm -hmm. And granted, yes, I was a college cheerleader, but I gained weight. So many people gain weight in college. But the thing is, I gained, like, maybe five pounds Maybe I might put it close Literally, to Literally, that's 10. what I was thinking. I'm like, when I met you, you were so small. But it was like my stomach became a little flabby almost. And in cheer, that's like a – that's like, a tab. Yeah, like, literally. Wait. You, you at like least – if you don't have a toned stomach, you need to have at least a flat stomach. Yes. That's like the And my thing was I was one. small, mm-hmm. but I had a little bit of a flabby stomach. And that was just – I remember mm-hmm. no one else had an issue with it but me. Oh, yeah. And course, I, yeah. I just remember that year when we went to nationals, I was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. with myself. Like, oh, we had I crop took, uniforms too that year. Yeah. I took barely, we did not have crop. I was on overall. Oh, yeah. I remember. Okay. Um, we did, um, but we wore sports bras and spandex to practice mm-hmm. in. But I wore a one piece on the beach. I, really? Granted, I had hurt my ankle that year, so I didn't really do stomp fest anyways. Oh, true, true. But I probably wouldn't have if I even could. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take like any pictures besides like a group photo mm-hmm. um, in our practice gear, anything like that. Besides, I have a few photos in like the full tank top that was covering everything. Yeah, you know, at that age too, like being a freshman in college, I was uncomfortable like walking around in just a sports bra. Like, yes. prior to college, I did not, like, I was very modest. In competitive cheer, people did that, so I mm-hmm. wasn't uncomfortable with it. I was uncomfortable with it because I didn't like my body. I yeah. hated doing it even in competitive cheer. Yeah. But I just, I don't even know. Like, I was just so uncomfortable with myself. So, over that summer, I started working out a ton mm-hmm. with one of my really good friends. And... um I was actually, I mean, I wasn't probably eating, like, great. Mm-hmm. I was 
starting to kind of be like, okay, if I limit like my calories, like whatever, I can lose weight. Yeah. But I wasn't like being here like I need to be skinny. What year is this freshman? This was summer after freshman. Okay. And then going into sophomore year, I right off the bat, I was placed in an awesome stunt group. Mm -hmm. We were hitting Mm -hmm. our stunts. We were doing so great. And then a few weeks into practices, um, our groups got changed. And I got put with a group that was essentially the alternate group. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of dubbed that from the like very beginning. And we that together. too just fucks with your head. You're like, yes, it, it's, almost, it's like, almost like a like survival mode. Like you're like, yes. I need to do everything possible. Yeah, exactly. And that's when I was like, which is crazy because like, can you imagine the extent that people will go through like being in the alternate group, like quotes right from the jump? It will literally drive people mad. Well, I know people that it completely just made them, like, hate cheer. Yeah. Like, do you remember that year so many people quit? Was that our freshman? I think it was our sophomore year. It was our sophomore year because I was – it was the other – because we had two whole alternate stunt groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I was one of the people that was going to quit. I just got talked out of it by my roommate, Thank and God. so I didn't. But – and that's the next week because I had said something to the coaches about mm-hmm. wanting to. Then I got put on intermediate because he was like, no, 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 don't. He's I like, plans. actually, yeah, yeah. Well, he said he was like, I plans, don't. And I was like, what? But anyways, that year, because I was put on an alternate, uh, in an alternate spot, and essentially the only reasoning for me not being on mat can't boiled down to um, my size. And I just remember I was told, like, when we're in a full-out routine and everyone's tired – they're going to need someone that they can just easily put up in the air. Mm-hmm. And immediately my mind went to, you're too fat, which I know that's not how it was meant. Right. And I know just like in that moment, you're like, oh. in that moment, that was what I thought. So from yeah. there on out, that's when I kind of went a little hardcore with restricting what I ate. And then I just kind of just almost created like such an obsession over it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was to the point where I was making up lies to, like, the people around me. Like, not like anyone was questioning either why I wasn't eating or why I was being so restrictive. Because, I mean, the horrible thing in the cheer world is, like, saying, like, oh, my gosh, like, I need to, like, not eat for a day because I look fat. Like, that is so normalized. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I mean, we, I definitely was a part of it. We have said that before. I definitely was a part like, of it, but now, like, hearing that stuff, like, mm-hmm. one, it just sickens me, but two, it triggers me because I'm, like, yep. that was me and not at all blaming the people around me because we're all a part of the cheer world, so it's normalized, so right. no one really could have known how bad it was, but looking back, I'm, like, the I gave so many, like, almost practically said in other words, that I had an eating disorder yeah. and things were going badly. The thing about but it, no one questioned mm-hmm, anything around me because we all, it all had it. Everyone had yeah. it, and no one like it was just kind of a like, don't ask, don't tell. Like literally, okay, you're gonna go puke after you eat. Like okay, like dude, that's wild. Because literally, I'm like shit. I just had so much ice cream. I'm like I better go puke before practice. Literally. And we just, like, we're like, oh, yeah, you better go. I got to a point where, like, I was eating sophomore year. I was literally eating, like, a spoonful of peanut butter a day. Sometimes, like, a handful of, like, some type of snack in the afternoon mm-hmm. so I didn't pass out at practice. And when I got moved to the same team as you, when mm-hmm. we kind of became friends, I – thank God all I was that year was in baskets and tumbling because mm-hmm. – 
I don't know how I could have done the full routine. Yeah. I don't think I physically, because even that, doing that in the routine, like, I was dog tired afterwards, which I really shouldn't have been. And I remember times you would get really dizzy. Yes. Especially after the bath. So my entire, almost entire stop ringer, I kept having, like, fainting spells. And you were like, I think it's called did, you, did you question it? Like, so I point, knew exactly what was happening. Okay. But one of the, like, for one of the times, you can ask my roommate, Ashley, I passed out in the shower. I hit my head on the faucet, oh like concussed myself. Like there were times where I fully like passed out, passed out. And like, I always just was like, Oh, like, I don't know. It's so weird. I just keep passing out. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> like I almost was just like weird. Like I knew I was anemic. Mm-hmm. I would, I have been anemic since my freshman year of high school, um, which actually, a big factor in that was that I was just not eating, but um, <laughs> we're like, this is a I just always like, oh, I'm anemic. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe the water was too hot in the shower. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I just got dizzy. Like, I would always be getting dizzy. I like there were times where I physically, even if I wanted to, which I don't even thinking back to it, I wrapped myself in so many lies to explain my actions that. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what was the line, what maybe actually was truth. But, like, I just remember I always be like, oh, my stomach hurts anytime I try to eat. So I just can't eat. And, like, no one was going to question that. That's so, wild. Like, there was – I remember a whole week where anytime I did actually – I remember actually, like, my stomach hurting and having to – like, I would throw up anytime I would eat. Really? And not on purpose. And I remember I sat there and I was like, I finally did it. I tricked my body into thinking I don't need food. Oh, gosh. And, like, thinking back on that, I'm, like... How old were you at that time? But I would have been 19. Okay. Wow. Like, that's, like, peak cheerleading years. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, of course. And I remember I was so happy. I was, like, oh, my God. And I got... So, towards the end of that year, so 2018, mm-hmm. end of that school year, sorry. So, the beginning of 2018, I started to get very thin, Mm-hmm. But not super. It was the summer after that school year. So summer of 2018 where I got because when I got home, I did what I did the summer before and I started working out like crazy, but I was still not eating. Mm-hmm. So I got like like twig. I got un- I have a picture you where I no matter how sticky. small I've been, I always had like not a big butt, but like a round butt. Mm-hmm. So like. Not saying, like, I had a good ass because I always had a very small ass my entire life. But it was always round. Like, so Mm -hmm. the shape, no matter how small it was, was, like, decent. I had a picture of myself at the gym. Like, I thought I looked great. I vividly remember. Sideways. And it looks like I had been sitting down for about three hours and my ass had just flattened out. And, no, I was fully standing, like, trying to poke out my ass. Really? I don't think I was actually – I was just standing straight up and down. But, like, I I looked – those straight up and down pictures, nah, well. like, those are, like, the only reason you would take, like, a straight up and down picture like that is to be like, look how thin this is. Literally. I think. I remember I took it and I was like. Did you, I, like, get rid of all of those or do you still have these? I, I still have a lot of old photos. I did get rid of, like, some of, like, the bad ones. Like, That's I have good. one. It was, like, the last night we went out of sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, taking a picture next to my sister, which my sister, I feel like, has a very normal body like not like she's little or she's big she has a very normal body as in like everyone else and 
I have a picture next to her and my leg looks like an infant's. Oh yeah. I think I've seen that one too. And I'm like kind of like squatting because yeah. like I was in heels and I was like next to her and my leg is just yeah. like it's not even like you can see muscle or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like you can see like atrophy. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Atrophy? I, I, yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Okay. Sorry, I sounded smart there for a sec. I'm like, damn <laughs> I, I tried to go with it, but I was like, no, I don't think that's right. I think it's when your muscle has atrophied. Yes. Yeah. That's that's what it looked like. Uh-huh. So, and then, okay, so that was like your peak cheerleading years. And then you kind of, like, in that moment, were you like, damn, I look fire? Or were you like, oh no, my god. No, in fire. that moment, I thought I was way too big. So, that's the thing, too, is like the body dysmorphia that's caused by just years of being hard on yourself like that yes and I feel like years of my worth kind of granted I was the one equating my worth to my body weight but just over the years associating Mm -hmm. my weight or size with words like little and cute Mm -hmm. or like big and I don't even know that was never really negatively associated my mind just made that part up but well, that's the thing. I feel like adults should just be, like, more aware of how yes. they're speaking to And that's why I like talking pre-teens. about it because I'm, like, so many people are so mm-hmm. unaware. Like, yeah, seriously. My own parents didn't know, mm-hmm. like, but everyone in my family, that's all like, I heard growing up essentially, is little and cute. Right, little essentially cute. your whole life is based on this little and cute, and you're like, oh, like, I don't need to eat that much. Like, I eat like a bird. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's a thing, too, for, like, girls to be like, like, little girls be like, oh, I eat like a bird. And then – for your whole life, even into adulthood, you think you have to eat like a bird, right? Mm, that's not healthy. And then, you know, right, all that together. Do you think, like, having, like, anxiety or the depression, like, helped that too? Um, I think it really fed into my eating disorder because I already had the anxiety and depression there mm-hmm. with the eating disorder, but I think they all kind of just meshed together really so, well. Yeah. Um, and it almost – because, obviously, I was upset with my body, mm-hmm. so that fed into my depression – and I was always so anxious about what other people thought of me. True. And I was always also constantly just so self-aware mm-hmm. and not in a good way. Yeah. Like if I would like lean to the side while we were stretching and maybe my shirt would come up a little bit, immediately like try and put it back down. Like I was so yeah. uncomfortable with myself. Like it, it it made my anxiety like – Isn't that so crazy? Like I definitely – my anxiety has grown it. I took a little spill there right after cheer ended, but mm-hmm. my anxiety since not being in cheer anymore has gotten tremendously better. Yeah. And I, I don't get me wrong, love cheer. I mm-hmm. think it really built me to be who I am in many other ways besides like the fucked up part of me. But I, something about it, it created so much stress and anxiety mm-hmm. in my life when it was supposed to be an outlet and that's why I took a step back when I did Mm -hmm. because it got to the point where I started dreading going Mm -hmm. and it almost made me feel worse to go to practice and that's why I quit when I did because I was like this used to help my mental health Mm -hmm. and now like somewhere along the way it's it made it worse a big playing factor yeah it it definitely fed into the eating disorder like I talked about just because of how cheerleaders are looked out in their bodies are just mm-hmm. so just constantly constantly literally it's not to mention we're constantly wearing things that really accentuate our bodies mm-hmm. which like that part and everything is, is so fitted too everything so is so if fitted. you gain like five pounds or you're bloated 
you will certainly like see it. Oh yeah. And I think that, and also the stereotype of this tiny little mm-hmm. cheerleader with abs, someone with a flat stomach, like I just, I know we're not the ones who created the stigma. And I know the people around who are believing that stereotype aren't to blame, but it does really anger me that people still view a cheerleader as that way. Isn't like that this, crazy? This tiny little girl, this tiny little blonde girl, the flat stomach and mm-hmm. tiny little legs. And I'm like, I mean, that's not how we view the average woman today yeah. because we've evolved and we realize that's not what average people look like. Why can't we do that with cheerleading? I too? think maybe cheerleading needs a spokesperson. Um, I definitely think they do because <laughs> not the current spokesperson right. people that they have are these girls who are itty bitty ripped. Gross. And like nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Yeah, love that for you. But that's what made me looking up to girls like that that mm-hmm. were spokespeople, like Jamie Andrews and Peyton Mabry and all the celebrities yeah. when we were growing up. That's hilarious. They all had like six packs, and that's what made me say I need to look like that. Yeah. Being a little girl, I was like, I have to look like that. Mm-hmm. And I went to the extreme of doing that and almost I mean, I don't want to say killed myself, but I was, will, I was willing of... to take it that far if I needed to. Mm-hmm. I was so wrapped up in just being that image that I didn't care what I was doing to my physical health or my mental health. Right. So if you're not doing well, like what are your friends seeing? So not only was it the eating disorder, but you also said you had a little depressy, some anxieties. So I was falsely diagnosed with just... Um, like straight um depressed <laughs> I was gonna say depressies <laughs> um, depression um for two whole years before I realized I was a false diagnosis um I actually have so I did not um my psychiatrist that I see now is absolutely amazing um and I kind of was telling him I was like you know for two years now at that point because i didn't even get this new diagnosis until um what four months ago Mm -hmm. so it's still been a journey it it, mental health is a constant journey that's what i will say it's always changing it's it's always because for almost two and a half years i was on almost three i guess because i got diagnosed my the end of sophomore year really years right would you get diagnosed with De- depression just uh mm-hmm. like uh wait what's that called clinical depression um but essentially i was on meds for that for almost three years and it helped mm-hmm. but i would still get extreme like episodes like it would help me on a day-to-day basis not feel depressed mm-hmm. but then every like month two months i would just dive deep and no amount of medication could lift me out of this depression until eventually it would just let up and my anxiety would worsen. It, it just constantly was like three whole weeks, sometimes less, but normally it was like three whole weeks of me feeling like I was drowning mm-hmm. and I was just completely hopeless. And, and it wasn't depression. It was, but it was a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't really like, know the full extent of yeah. like the science behind everything, all I know is in my own experience, um, depression. So depression medication is, at least from what I know, it's like 
a lifter, like an upper kind of. Mm -hmm. So it like ups your mood. And what I needed is a mood stabilizer. Mm. So the upper was helping. Okay. Because obviously when I'm feeling depressed, it ups my mood. Mm -hmm. But because there was nothing to fully just stabilize me and keep me from going up and down, up and down, Mm -hmm. it really wasn't doing exactly what I needed. But everything would be fine, normal, and then I would just drop down and my medication just essentially would, to what it felt like, me stop working completely. Dude, that happened to me too. Like, I stopped taking it because I was like, fuck this, like, you're already gonna put me so low. Like, I don't know, it wasn't working at all. Like, it almost... Yeah, I definitely think if that's still an ongoing thing, Mm -hmm. talk to someone because since I I went... I want your psychiatrist. uh, He's in Lee Summit. Hell yeah, I'm like, send me his number. Okay. His name is Michael. Michael. <laughs> Shout out to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, uh, I went in, and if I wouldn't have ever said anything, because for three whole years that had been happening, and I just kind of wrote it off as like, mm-hmm. my, because I remember even talking to my mom, she was like, sometimes you just have to readjust your meds. That's what I kept thinking it was. Mm-hmm. And finally I mentioned it to him, and he was like, has, like, this has been a pattern. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you know, maybe we could explore other avenues. And once we sat down and got to talking and I was telling him things like it was like an actual pattern to where it was like an episode, like mm-hmm. it lasted usually around three weeks. And normally afterwards, I would kind of start to normal out, normalize out, but I would just be in this funk mm-hmm. and experience, which this is a whole nother thing. And I don't think we have time to dive into this, but <laughs> derealization and depersonalization. Mm-hmm. Y'all can Google it if you want to know what it I is. I literally will Google it later. But it, it's pretty much just feeling almost as if like you're experiencing things outside of your body like you're watching it happen Mm -hmm. like if I were to be here talking to you like normally after a really bad depressive state because I like to almost like disassociate Mm -hmm. from my feelings like I almost kind of just like it feels as if there's like a veil between me and the world crazy it's very crazy I mean like some people experience it for very long periods for me it only lasts a few days to a week Right. So you said earlier you went to not Michael first, but a different guy. Um, do you want to kind of elaborate on that? Nothing against that dude. I don't even remember his name, but um, English was not his first language. Mm-hmm. So there was a language barrier between us because his accent was so thick. Mm-hmm. So that was already kind of hindering me even wanting to talk to him because it was mm-hmm. so hard to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. And on top of it... Which is valid. Yes. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, he... I don't know... I don't want to assume anything. I don't know if it was because he was a man. I don't know if it was because he just maybe had different beliefs or ideals or what. But he could not fathom that I had had no trauma to make me depressed. Even though at that point I had experienced trauma, I just was not ready to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But before that trauma, I was still depressed. So Mm -hmm. that's why I was just kind of leaving it out, which I always recommend being completely open because that's how you're going to get the best diagnosis. For sure. But I wasn't completely like lying or anything. I really had been depressed. Then that trauma happened and it worsened it. Mm -hmm. And so Anytime he kept asking me, he was like, have you experienced anything in your childhood? Did this happen? Did that happen? Like, when did the depression start? Like, when and, did it worsen? And he was so unsure because you were doing what again? Like, well, I told him, I was like, like I feel like help? I've just always been depressed, mm-hmm. but nothing really happened 
that like made it start up. Like mm-hmm. it's just always been that way. And then it just got worse recently. Okay. And so he was thinking like, well, and he, he told me, he was like, no one's just depressed mm-hmm. without something happening. And I was like, actually, yes, it's a chemical imbalance <laughs> in your brain. I was arguing with him because I was like, first off, I was not in my right state of mind, but yeah. I was like, you're a doctor. You know that the people are just sometimes born with a You think he was low-key, like, le- gaslighting you? Like, tell I, me, tell me. Honestly, I don't I know. I bet he was. I bet he Probably, was. Like, I just remember thinking back, and I was, I left that office so angry because he, you want to know what his final diagnosis was? Anxiety. <laughs> Separation anxiety from moving to college and leaving my parents' house. I said, sir, I ran out of that Yeah, house. I'm like, that doesn't even. <laughs> like, I love my parents, but I literally got in the car with mm-hmm. my mom, and I was like, listen, I love you and mom, or you and dad, <laughs> so don't take this wrong. But he just tried to say it was separation anxiety that caused all of my issues mm-hmm. from going, leaving your house and going to college. My mom started busting out laughing. She was like, we need to take you somewhere else. Like, Thank God. <laughs> what an idiot. And then I went to he also just like wasn't listening to you. Another doctor who just prescribed me Cymbalta and <laughs> we didn't really do any talking. It was just like a prescription, like ask me like what's going on, what's wrong, and then prescribe me something. That's what my freaking doctor did too. I was like, hey, like I don't feel like myself. And he's like, Let me give you ten milligrams of proxetine. And I was like, All See, right. I was on Cymbalta. Cymbalta's fucking Is that next level shit? No. So it's there. It's on the commercial shit all the time. <laughs> like if you see the yeah, well, actually, I'm like, why was that? Why did I like know that name? Yeah, it was, it was definitely from commercials, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like the little commercial with like the shadow following her twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, awesome. Well, when I got to Michael, who I currently see, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say the last name because I don't want to put his information on there. Yeah, plus he'll probably pop off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I got to Michael, I remember I told him because he was the first doctor I've had that like I actually sat down and like ta- just like asked me like how's your year been like and I was like oh you want to hear you were like well you know what I was like but you didn't want to you didn't want to ask that question yeah but um I once I had sat down and talked to him and I was just telling him about like what was helping what wasn't going on and on and he was like well what are you currently on and I was like Cymbalta and he was like well what were you on before that and I was like just Cymbalta that's all they've ever prescribed me and he was like they didn't try anything else before Cymbalta. Why? Well, I, I guess Cymbalta is like. So he was saying essentially normally that's like something you jump to if like the more basic medications don't work because it has like more severe side effects. So it is that hardship. So no, not like hardship. I still was on a very low dosage of it. But mm-hmm. like I remember like it used to make my like armpits like unprovoked like just sweat randomly. Huh. Like a cold sweat. Um, How bizarre. I had very, very, like, I, like, as in, like, I just did not have sex for, like, months, like, very low sex drive, and that's a side effect of it. That's crazy, because you were, like, like, I didn't want to be, 19. I mean, granted, I, <laughs> granted, I was depressed at the same time, mm-hmm. so that could have had something to do with it, but, like, I didn't want anyone to, like, touch me in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even want to kiss someone, like, and that's talking something big for me. I'm, like, I, was I, I feel that consistently, so I'm, like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, um, could be medication, could be depression. A little bit of both. I'm like, I see, like, that's why I'm like, every time I talk to you, I'm like, I've got something for sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't want to do. I don't want people to be like, I need to self-diagnose. No, I definitely don't want to self-diagnose. I do want to, like, go to someone, though, and be like, all right, just tell me, like, what I should be. But Michael really stepped in when I needed him and just did, Is Michael, like, did what he needed to do. No. Okay. <laughs> um, no. You, like, touched your hair behind he your hair. I was like, is she feeling some type of way no, Michael? Um, I just – I have a lot of love for him only because he – He's a good guy. He took the time to really figure out, like, mm-hmm. he diagnosed my ADD. Oh, that's another thing. <laughs> oh. So whenever I'm with Sydney, too, I always think I'm like, shit, maybe I do have ADHD. Because I'm like, the, some of the things you say, I'm like, I relate to that, and I've never heard anyone say that before. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Just when I'm like saying offhanded comments or like yeah, when you're I'm talking like, about mental health? Um, like the other day you were like, yeah, I just feel like I can't do anything unless I'm talking to someone. I'm like, I kind of feel that. Like I don't want to <laughs> clean my room and shit unless I got someone there with me. Oh, dude, I have to be on FaceTime. So I'm not. That's fully, what I'm saying. If I'm not doing at least two activities at once, like mm-hmm. I can't do I can't do anything. That's what I'm saying. Usually when I podcast, I'm like talking and then I'm over here like on Twitter or something. <laughs> I swear, or Instagram, just to look at something else. But, yeah, he just – I don't know. Like, Michael took the time to, like, sit down and be like, I'm going to actually listen to you Mm -hmm. and then give my opinion, but you tell me how you feel about that. And I have never – I mean, granted, I've only seen three people, but the Mm -hmm. other two people, it was – they told me what was wrong. Mm -hmm. After listening to me, which they, I guess, did, they told me what was wrong and there was no questions asked. Mm-hmm. and with Michael like I literally could be like so what's that gonna do to me I had him fully go into because he first re pers- not re but he prescribed me Lexapro before we got into re-diagnosing me bipolar but um when I was still diagnosed as just depressed um he switched me to Lexapro and I fully went into like what like I asked him about what like the side effects are and everything, and I made him go into detail about the se- the lack of sex drive part. And like this man was like so uncomfortable, but yeah, like, I was I just, just like I need to, to know. know. <laughs> and just he he's very invested. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and it just it made me feel seen. Which I feel like this sounds I'm like, so I fucking wanna, cheesy. I'm so I'm curious. That's like, why I keep telling like all of my friends that are like I just had a bad experience with this person. Mm-hmm. Keep going, which I know that's like easier like, said than it's done. So keep, expensive too. Yes, definitely. Which but is a nightmare. It should be cheaper. Try at least try and find the right person because once mm-hmm. you find someone that clicks, one it just makes you feel better to know you have someone on your side Mm -hmm. that you like true because i'm like if if you're going through something and then you're like wow i really have to go to like this bitch i really have to talk you want someone that you feel like almost like a best friend but like obviously it's like your doctor but like someone that you can go to and be like hey this is what's going on Mm -hmm. like michael knows some shit that like not even my closest friends know so i'm like it, you want someone that, like, you feel comfortable enough to confide in maybe mm-hmm. shit that you haven't even admitted to yourself. Right. I totally agree with that. Um, my next question. Do you notice it in others now? Notice what? Like, mental health issues. You're like, wow, he's going through, like, an episode or... Um, I feel like I'm more aware of it, mm-hmm. but I also am only aware when people are exhibiting a lot of the signs that I exhibited. Right, okay, of course. So I feel like I'm still kind of, like, I, I almost kind of have blinders on, I guess, to, like, the scope outside of what, I'd, what I've experienced. But definitely, like, 
for example, a lot of my friends who are still in the cheer world, Mm -hmm. I do get very concerned when they Mm -hmm. say things, but I, I also have to kind of take a step back and realize it's not a full blown eating disorder. Like they're just some, some of them. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but True. So, I'm like sometimes some? like when I hear someone just be like oh I feel fat like mm-hmm. back then if I were to say something like that that that's literally that was one of my signs like that things were not doing well but like when I hear that out of someone else's mouth sometimes I kind of have to say take a step back and be like okay like they're, they're not mm-hmm. they're not going through what like I was feeling at yes. that time maybe and with like everything else like I'm feel like I'm very aware when like I notice like mood changes in people and like mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's made my anxiety worse because like when I sense it with other people I'm like what is going on mm-hmm. like yeah I'm I'm very aware do I you feel think like, like you'll get more involved if someone's being distant kind of yes and no which I feel like is not a great thing to admit like what like what do you do though um I feel like because you can only, like, help someone so much, you know? Yes. You don't want to be annoying. And that's why I feel like I hesitate to step in because I know yeah. what it's like yeah. to not want help and how annoying it can be to have someone come to you and be mm-hmm. like, hey, hey. I've just seen some signs. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck off. No, like, there were literally times where I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I had a friend who literally. And you get mad. You get I, defensive. I had a friend in high school who was like you're looking extremely thin, mm-hmm. like not in a good way. And I was like, I've literally been working out. Like I, I yelled at her. I was like, mm-hmm. who are you to tell me my body doesn't look right? That's some bad. Like I yes. literally made it seem as if she was like saying I looked bad. Or she was something. like, yeah. Being when like or on something. the inside, I was like, I look thin. Like, <laughs> oh no. So yeah. Twisted. No, I totally feel you though. That it is like, yeah, I totally get that. Because I remember, too, before, like, with cheerleading, like, when you'd come to practice and, like, you weren't – clearly, like, weren't feeling good, I'd be like, Sydney, are you okay? And you'd just be like, yes. And I'd be, okay. I'm like, I I trust you'll come to me. Like, if you need me. Like, there were times where I deadass was just like, yes. That's it. Well, I always knew it wasn't me. Like, I knew – Okay, good. (laughs) No, of course. I'm like, I'm aware, too. Like, we were friends, but we were mostly friends at cheerleading. Mm -hmm. So there was other outside factors, of course, that you had. But what would you do? Like, should – someone push or should you just like wait till Um, they reach out or I would say there's a very fine line and I I feel like this is no help at all but there's a very fine line and a balance you need to find because there are some people who are the personality type that even if maybe they're having a shit day and they act like they want nothing to do with you they Mm -hmm. truly do want you to come invade their space be like I'm not leaving until you talk to me Mm-hmm. I want to be here for you. Yeah. I know people that are like that. I'm like, I don't and know if I would like that. I, I'm I'm a balance. Mm-hmm. There's days where I want yeah. that, but then there's days where if you were to try that, I would probably scream at you. Literally. So I, I, feel I, like, pop off too. I feel like maybe the best way to go about anything like that, if you're noticing signs in a friend, mm-hmm. to test the waters. Yeah. Depending on what their normal like communication style is if it's a very like introverted person who like wants their alone time constantly on a normal basis Mm -hmm. and then they're starting to show these signs of either a depressive episode a manic whatever's going on tiptoe lightly around an introverted person only because nine times out of ten they're probably going to be the ones that are more like 
I'm fine. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like, let me figure this out. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I would say just kind of drop a little like, okay. But if you need me, I'm here. Yes. I'm Mm -hmm. here, but I understand you need your space. Yeah. Because it does wonders, even if you truly think you want to be alone, it does wonders still knowing in the back of your head, that person said, I'm I'm here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to let you out That's what That's usually my go-to is just be like, how are you? Oh, how's your day? And they'll be like, I had a fucked up day, this, this, and that. But it's not like I'm having a fucked up life. It's usually just like this day mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Never take it personally. Yes. All right. Um, let's go through. Do we miss anything here? I think that ADD and ADHD is really oh, the yeah. only thing we didn't talk about. Um, so you were diagnosed with ADD. Um, and then there's like a stigma that. So I put ADD slash ADHD. And Cindy, you said that ADD is the broad sense, right? Yes. So attention deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. So there's seven different types of ADD. Yeah. Um, I am not a doctor, so I do not know all the types. All I know is type one is essentially what we know as ADHD, which is hyperactive. Mm -hmm. And essentially that's the person that like, is like squirreling around, Mm -hmm. doesn't like to sit still, but there's also like, even being ADHD, you're not always hyperactive. That's Mm -hmm. just kind of like a stigma, I guess, about it. Men are usually hyperactive, aren't they? And then women are just like inattentive, I think. Yes. So Type 1 is classical ADD, which is ADHD. Mm-hmm. Type 2 is inattentive ADD. So that's what I have. And essentially, like, it's a lot of the same symptoms as ADHD, but you're not hyperactive. So it's like for- forgetfulness, not being able to stay on one topic in a conversation, which... Dude, me as fuck. This entire podcast. <laughs> I'm like, it, we might and be jumping not, around, but... Not even just jumping around, like not maybe even being able to like finish a conclusive Some, thought. Sometimes that's happening. Like I'm... Like if I'm asking a question, then we'll just like go into something else. Like this is going to be so hard to edit because we both like do that. I'm so sorry. No, we both do. <laughs> and I can't even... Like, when, sometimes I can't remember, like, what question I asked. I've I've before got, like, not not even got stuck. I've made someone else get stuck listening to a story of mine for probably close to two hours on Facebook. Oh, no. Um, and I don't even finish what the actual story is before I jump to another There's one. just, like, it's just, like, a, a sec or it's lines like a of story. And, yeah. like, two hours later, I'm like, wait, okay, this is how the other one ended. Yeah, literally. And this I is why I can shit. never. This is, this is why, this is why people just, they can't. Have, like, I can't tell stories to my family because the second <laughs> I start, immediately the second I start telling anything, my sister's like, okay, come on, speed it up. My and sister I'm like, does that too. Shout out, Danielle. <laughs> shout out, Alyssa. <laughs> I get funny. it. I'm terrible. Danielle does it too. I'm not, like, I can tell a story. It's just I can't. conversations I can't hold. Like, I can, I, but I can't, it's just hyper as fuck usually. I can't hold conversations, but, like, I can't tell stories worth shit. Really? Like, I tell yeah. great stories because – they just never end. <laughs> but that's the issue. That's um, and as we can see, I completely jumped off. I'm like, where were we even? I'm not sure. Oh, ADD. <laughs> um, but yeah, being the inattentive ADD type 2, it's essentially you have all the normal parts mm-hmm. that we were just talking about. But instead of being hyperactive, usually it's kind of the other end of the scale, like being a little lazy almost, like um 
a lot of people who struggle with depression sometimes can have ADD inattentive with it mm-hmm. because procrastination, um, not feeling motivated yeah. and like wanting to get up out of bed. So it's kind of a fine line. I feel like a lot of mental health um, diagnoses, that's the plural, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, diagnoses uh, kind of blend together with a lot of things. I think so too. It's all just connected. It is, definitely. And because um, honestly, my anxiety mostly stems from my ADD. Mm-hmm. Um, procrastinating like you said yes and also like when I don't have motivation to get up and do things I get very anxious about mm, the yeah things I'm right doing, but I'm still not motivated enough to go do them dude I feel that so I just sit in my bre- bed like letting things get worse and worse and worse yeah and then just, finally like, crippled yeah. literally I have been putting off calling UND the school I went to mm-hmm. yeah I've just been putting them off. Like, I have to call about my finances but I'm, or my accounting thing. Like, I just don't fucking want to. And there's no deadline on it. So I'm just like, see, I, I just need don't a want to. Because <laughs> I'll do it, like, the day of. I just, I won't do whatever. Doing homework um, before a deadline? Oh, fuck no. Unheard of. I'm like, I work better under pressure. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> but I'm like, I, I also cry for two hours. Yeah. Because I also I'm under breakdowns. So yeah. Yeah. People that can study for like weeks before a test. No. no I will not no. remember any of it. So that's, a, that's another thing is forgetfulness. That's a symptom mm-hmm. of just a lot of different types of ADD. But yeah, type one and type two are the only really two that I know anything about. And that's because mm-hmm. they're the most common. The rest, I don't know. But, um, Type 2 inattentive, it's normally, it's more common in women than it is men. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's the most common type to not get diagnosed until you're an adult. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a doctor about this, my psychiatrist, because um, I was telling him, I was like, how have I gone my whole life and not known I had something like ADD? Mm-hmm. Because it's most commonly perceived as this little kid who can't sit still in class, who yeah. gets in trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I never got so in trouble. Disruptive. I was such a good kid. Me too. All throughout, like, all of school. And I finished high school with, like, a 4-3 or something like that. Literally crazy. And I, I was smart. Like, I mean, I'm still smart. But when I got to college, like, my first semester right off the bat, I got, like, my first C ever, like, from then on, I, like, started failing classes. I just stopped going to class. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I don't understand. Like, in the moment, I really just thought it was just the depression, which mm-hmm. that played a very big role. Also, I wasn't eating. There were so many things going on. There's so many just connected. But talking to my psychiatrist about it, I was, like, I – how did – that not get diagnosed earlier on or not really show up. And I was mm-hmm. like, did I not develop it until I was an adult? And he was right. like, no, you probably had it before you went, like you did have it, but it doesn't just one day. Literally. I'm like, as a kid, I used to just doodle like I, on the sides of my paper. I, was, I don't think I ever even sat and just listened and paid attention to what was being said ever. I was always like this as a kid, mm-hmm. like always, like I would do stuff in class where I was not paying attention, mm-hmm. but I was quiet about it. I was disruptive, like ADHD is perceived as. And so he said he was like, because you were never experiencing those hyper symptoms, Mm -hmm. no one saw it in you. And also, normally in high school, which I can very much test this, it's kind of easier to kind of coast by and not actually have to sit down. I agree. In studies, sit down and actually like 
put things in your brain for longer than a few hours. And the thing is, in high school, you were given study guides and re- told to like memorize. You you've specific also had people scripts. holding your hand, kind of low key. Mm-hmm. College was you were kind of dumped out on your own. Not saying that's a bad thing, yep. but for someone who had undiagnosed ADD, I was screwed essentially mm-hmm. because. I now had to keep myself accountable to go to class. No one was nagging me. I wasn't going to get in trouble if I didn't show up. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to get told like, oh, you have to go to the office and get like get a detention or something because Mm -hmm. you didn't show up to class. No, no one was going to say anything to me. I also had to keep myself accountable to actually turn things in because no one was writing my ass with for a due date. Like, Mm -hmm. Not like reminders all high school you got like reminders having to keep myself 100% accountable for all Mm -hmm. that I was screwed and that's when all this stuff started coming up where I was like why am I not able to do this like I'm a smart person like Mm -hmm. the days I would actually have enough motivation to sit down and get something done I could finish like six homework assignments in an hour Mm -hmm. like I I am a smart person textbook wise Mm -hmm. but I was like I can't wrap my head around how I look so dumb because I'm failing classes and I just don't understand why. And my doctor was like, it's because you had. And then, and then for that, you got, they put you on like Adderall. Yes. So you're still on Adderall because you still need Adderall essentially. Like I know people think like it makes you like hyper focused and you're like, but like when you're, when you actually need it and you're on like a actual like dose that's recommended for you, not on like 30 milligrams yeah, I'm like twice a day, like take? people that are like crazy, just like Literally, taking I've for funsies. Um, also, I know a lot of people that are like get prescribed Adderall and they don't need it. And I'm mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if you take Adderall and you need it, it does not make you like that. It just normalizes you essentially Dude, like any other medication. Seriously, like I've seen – there was this guy I knew that took Adderall well into like adulthood. Like he was like late 20s. And all the time he was just going 100 yeah, no. Like, you probably just took way too fucking long. Like, I talk maybe a little faster when I do take my Adderall. I try not to take it a lot only because I don't want to have to pay um, a higher copay for <laughs> – not a copay. Is it a copay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have to pay a higher one for a higher higher uh, dosage because um, I'm on two tins a day, so essentially 20 milligrams, but it's spaced out, so essentially it's still just 10 milligrams, but I have short release mm-hmm. so I can sleep at night because – but they uh yeah so I don't take it every day but like on days I do take it like it just normalizes me like my boss like has even said like she can tell what days I take it at first I was like am I acting crazy like what do you mean and she was like no you can just sit and have one conversation <laughs> and I'm like uh like it's a good thing definitely yeah but, like, I've had time, like, friends jokingly say before, like, did you take your meds today? Because, like, you can obviously tell when I take my Adderall as opposed to not. You know, I hate when people ask me if I take my meds. Like, when I was on my antidepressants and someone would be like, did you take your meds? I'd be like, I'll fucking kill you, actually. <laughs> uh, that was me, like, last week. <laughs> Literally, I hate that. I hate Crying that question. in my room and I was, like, texting my mom. I was like, I'm so upset. And she was like, well, are you taking your meds? And I was like, don't ask me. <laughs> no. I wasn't either. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, we're, take your meds. That's a meds. PSA to take yes. your meds. 
I think that should just be the name of this episode. Take, <laughs> Take your, your meds. meds. Oh, that's genius. It like, helps 100%. They're there for a reason. Literally. <laughs> Unless you lie to your doctor. <laughs> like, uh, all right, let's see. Do we have anything else? Oh, yeah. We really did cover the ADHD. ADD. When was it time? Oh, when did you should, know? Should I tell that quick little anecdote? About a mm, smart word. Keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. hi IQ. <laughs> um, about when, uh, like how I got diagnosed. Yes. Have you heard that? I don't think I have. I think you. I Maybe. tell it all the time because I find it very embarrassing but hilarious. Okay, I'm ready. So I always joked like being like ADHD because like that. I feel like that's the thing people say like, oh, haha, I'm ADHD when like. I, think, I definitely think we need to stop normalizing using it as a personality trait because yeah. it's not okay. But it is the thing people say a lot, and I said it all the time. Yeah. And other people around me were like, yeah, you're definitely ADHD. I remember like, telling you, being like, Sydney, have you been diagnosed with ADHD? And you're like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I'm just curious. I was like, you're just yeah. going hard. Yeah, I don't know. I just was You were really, so offended. Yeah, I probably was. <laughs> At that point, I had so many you were like, mental health bitch. issues. That I was already drowning in prescription pills. You poor thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but so I had been seeing Michael for a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, this is probably at least like six months at this point. And uh, I had... I oh I, I have I've this, shown actually. up late at this point to mm-hmm. almost every single appointment and we so in the beginning I had to see him every week for like the first month mm-hmm. um so that was not okay and then it we sp- spaced out to every two weeks and then every month and then now I only have to see him every three months because I really he when when I went in he Impressive. said you graduated you don't have to see me for another three months and I was like. Oh. You were like, really? But I'm going to miss you. This is you. stability like. <laughs> Mental health queen. <laughs> Granted, I'm going off my meds in those three months. Oh, Cindy. I'm, I'm going to call Michael. He'll be no, best. okay. He's probably will. Um, but he, anyway, so I'd been late to every, almost every single appointment by at least five minutes, if not longer. Yeah. And like. They have, like, a policy where they charge you if, like, you're over 30 minutes late. And sometimes, like, they'll just accept the next patient. Well, he kind of knew what was up. So, like, most of the time he'd, like, not. And so I'd show up, like, 30 minutes late and be like, all right, let's get this started. Yeah. And I, yeah, he just, he just sat back and quietly watched and watched for, like, six months. And Six months. That was patient. I came, well, I think it was more just, like, I don't think he wanted to pile more stuff on. <laughs> but I came in one day, and this was like end of the summer, I think. Maybe, maybe it was fall. I don't know. But uh, I came in, and he was like, uh, so we're late again today. And I was like, yeah, sorry. Like, you were like, duds. I made, I made up some excuse or whatever, I mm-hmm. think, or I don't even know. I, I had been late multiple times, and he just started asking me all these questions, like, do you have a hard time focusing? Mm-hmm. And he started saying, he was like, I, in the conversations we have, I noticed you have a hard time sticking to one topic. Is that a constant thing? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm known for that. <laughs> like, I tend to tell very long stories that go nowhere. 
And he starts saying all these things. And I'm like, yeah, this is, you're describing my personality to a T. Like, yeah. you've really gotten to know me. <laughs> I'm not thinking anything. I'm like, it. yeah, that's me, Michael. And like, he was like, are, you, are you a little, like, unorganized? And do you procrastinate, like, a lot? And I was like, yes, Michael. Like, we're soulmates. <laughs> I'm just thinking he knows me so well. And then eventually, at the end of this conversation, he just slowly pulls out this paper and slides it across his desk. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think uh, we should take this little, like, survey quiz. Yeah. I looked down and said ADD testing. And I was I like. I literally can't believe he had it labeled. Well, it's it's like an actual, like, survey that you take. Yeah. And you It's like you rate <laughs> on a scale one through ten, like, all the questions. And, That's just hilarious. Um, he just gives you a paper and you look to the top and it's like. ADHD test. Yes. And <laughs> I was like, well, like I literally was like, uh, and he was like, yeah, I, I just think it'd be beneficial. And like, we didn't even like, the thing is, all I said was like, oh, uh, like there was no discussion of where it was like, I think you might have this or mm-hmm. like, maybe like, he just was like, I think this would be beneficial. And I was like, okay. Yep. And so I filled out the whole thing damn near scored like close to a hundred and it, it's like a hundred is the highest, you know, yes. it could go on the test. Um, and I remember filling it out and I was like, these are not ADHD symptoms. Cause it was things like, do you oftentimes find yourself not being able to complete a task? And I always figured ADHD, like you were zipping around completing mm-hmm. all these tasks. I never thought about, well, I'll start reading a book and then not finish it for like a year, but then I'll start a puzzle and not finish that for a year. I damn near had a puzzle laying out on my coffee table for six whole months. I've got a book next to my bedside table that I haven't touched in probably two months. Yeah. And were you like really into it for a bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Michael, so it's all these questions where I was like, oh my gosh, this is all so relatable. I'm scoring high on these. I'm probably not going to have ADD. You're like, like relatable as fuck. <laughs> I get to the end of the test and he's like, the higher you score, the more likely it is that you have it. And I was like, and you're like, I just, uh, that, was a, that was a purr from your throat. <laughs> it sounded like a, like a spring loaded something. <laughs> Oh my god. That sounded like a bullfrog. Oh yeah. I hope it comes up on the video or on the recording. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you were like But I was just like, wow. You were like, oh, you so... think so? And he was like, Yep, I do. So he just started me off and then from there we've increased it a little bit. With the Adderall. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, there's like coping skills. Like I can teach you for this. And I was like, that'd be lit. Really? Yeah. There's coping. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know, like procrastinating and all those things. And I was like, can you help my memory? And he was like, no, I would love <laughs> that help. one shot. I think, didn't you say too, like concussions or something like, can yeah. Your- so we also talked about, which obviously this one's just like a theory. It's not proven. Cause I haven't went and like gotten any like brain scans. I 100% believe that I have some mild, I'm talking like mild, mild, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, I'm not right, but I'm not wrong. You know, I <laughs> but feel that. I, I feel that. <laughs> but um, I have some type of, like, mild brain damage, I think. Yeah, because I'm the like. The amount of concussions I had, I developed a stutter after college. You got dropped hard quite a few times. <laughs> I developed a stutter. I... I wouldn't say I developed dyslexia because my mom's like, 
that's not right just throwing that around which okay sorry if i'm offending anyone sorry but i read things backwards all the fucking time and then i type things backwards and i don't see it as backwards i read it just fine as i'm doing it i'll come back two hours later and i'm like what the hell is that you're like what the fuck yeah and so i'm like i don't know what else to call that besides dyslexia i guess lack of a better term that's what i'm calling it yeah but i've developed that like since i've gotten all my concussions mm-hmm. and the more concussions i got the more my add symptoms worsened along with my depression which both are linked to um cte which is from mm-hmm. repeated concussions yes a lot of football players have it yes so i just never decided to go back in and get brain scans or anything like I that. I want to say two. But I did have to go to a concussion clinic and go really? to the OT. OT is occupational, yeah. OT. Occupational therapy. So it's like yeah. learning like things like touching your nose and retraining your eyes. Really? Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Because my eyes were like from so many... Because like when you have a concussion, the reason your like brain hurts... Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on this. Um... From what I remember learning is the reason your brain hurts is because as you're trying to focus, your eyes can't mm-hmm. focus. So it's putting stress and like causing a headache. Mm-hmm. So like your eyes are going like this, really yeah. what's happening. And so I've had a concussion in a long time. I got one like six months ago. Yeah. I fell out of a shower. Yeah. You say getting them even in a. They like, happen even. I thought quitting cheer would just. Oh, no, no. Cancel out all my chances, but. That's, okay, that's another thing. With cheerleading, concussions, if you get one, like, you just keep moving. You keep moving, and your your coaches say, hey, are you okay? Because we need to report this. But you know it's an unspoken mm-hmm. thing. Unless you physically cannot mm-hmm. get up, like, you're going to be fine. Because you want to be on mat so bad. Yes. You're, do- you're doing anything, including. Granted, no coach is going to be like, you cannot go to the trainer and say you have a concussion. But, but you will be replaced. Yes, you, you will, will be lose replaced. your spot. Yeah, so I, I've had a couple of really bad concussions where I was just like, fuck it, I won't go to class tomorrow, and I'll still, like, go to practice. Yeah. I'm like, I'll give my, like, I'll give my brain a few hours to rest. Like, it should be fine. The times I was just like, I know I'm not physically okay, <laughs> but, like, if I just, like, don't do this one thing, like, there'd be times where mm-hmm. I would just say, like, my ankle. I was gonna say that too when your ankles snapped, were broken. But I was like, <laughs> I'm just not gonna tumble, but I'll do all the stunts. Like mm-hmm. that was that was my logic. <laughs> you were like, I'll just give myself a break. I'll yeah, I'll just do half the routine. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, when my ribs were out of place, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> You're like, can you like try? You would have me put them back in. I'm not a professional. Oh, I fully thought you were. Des was a professional. Des was actually a professional. That yes. was actually like that's her job now. Like now, but at the time she was, she was she not was a certified. Pra- she was a practicing. <laughs> yeah, she was a student. And I remember we would go to Des and be like, "Doctor Des, literally, yeah, tell me what's wrong." God, we were fucked up. <laughs> I'm proud of our growth, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, college is like just a very different time. Like everyone's I'm just going in college. <laughs> That college, that experience is like a whole nother. Yeah. That was like the real, real college. This is, this is. Um, now you're in like adult college. People, yeah, adult yeah. college. <laughs> I hate to say it, it's like second chance college. Yes. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. Second chance university. Literally. I'm like, but that's so good though. That's all adults just being like, I need to get, I'm like, I'm ready to get my shit together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everyone in those classes are probably like pretty serious. Um, PSA to anyone listening and confused. Um. 
after my mental health just completely <laughs> went down the toilet. Deteriorated. Left. Um, I decided to turning to drugs was the best option possible, even though um, I'm aware that was not correct. And uh, I just, at the end of my junior year, things got so incredibly bad, as I discussed with the whole planning my death. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I left Lindenwood um, that last semester with the full intent to not come back, not in a sense um, of not come back to school, like not come Mm -hmm. back alive. Oh, wow. Um, So I had like fully made it up in my mind, even though I had like backed out before. Yeah. And that's when um, I had actually gotten home and I started spending time with family. I was like, shit, I can't. And I pussied out again. Oh, my God. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I I actually went and saw Michael, mm-hmm. who I'm seeing now. Um, things out better. When you said you were leaving, like, I remember being, like, I was telling like Paige. I'm like, no, she's not. She's She won't leave. Because everyone yeah. always says, like, oh, I'm going trillating. Like, I'm quitting. I'm leaving. And then, like, usually they come back. No, you were like. Well, most people I feel like that do that, they still go to Lindenwood. Mm-hmm. I fully was like. You were like, fuck everything about yeah. this. I was yeah. like, I'm I'm out. I respect it, though, I honestly. went and saw Michael once I had, like, stabilized mm-hmm. and was, like, in the right state of mind. It was middle of the summer, and I remember I was, like, the thought of going back to Lindenwood. Like, I started having a panic attack, and I was like, I cannot put myself in that environment. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Just not I made it. some of the best memories mm-hmm. there yeah. and met some of the greatest people, but that environment became so toxic. You can't grow in the same place yes. that broke you. Precisely. And, uh, yeah, so essentially I started having a panic attack, and so I was like, I, I can't go back there. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had to sit my parents down, and my dad essentially was like, so you're quitting college Mm-hmm. Screamed at me, told me I was financially 100% on my own. I would have to start paying rent. Oh, my um, gosh, that was so dramatic. Yeah, that lasted like an hour because he didn't know the extent to my mental health. My mom yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had to pretty much look at him and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I didn't want to be alive. That's mm-hmm. why I left. And he was like, okay, we can talk about He this. was like, well, damn, I, you don't have to pay rent then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. So I took a semester off. From college completely because I just needed to I essentially took that whole semester off to just learn to actually like myself not even mm-hmm. love myself just like myself tolerate yourself yes. genuinely and yeah. things got so much better dude isn't that crazy like just that's such a good learning lesson like you can literally just pull yourself back take some time self-care get a psychiatrist like it does get better if you help yourself like I ended spring semester of 2019 fully ready to end my life Mm -hmm. and I ended spring semester of 2020 an exact year later probably the best I've ever been Mm -hmm. mental health wise I mean granted I did kind of backslide a little like after that Mm -hmm. but Still to not that, like, extent. The fullest. No, not to the fullest by any means, but, like, to know, like, within a whole year that I was, like, I I actually at that point in my life, like, fully loved myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I had people that, like, I had known for, like, 10 plus years, like, that I was, like, hanging out with over that summertime who was, like, you seem amazing. 
Aww. I've never seen you this sad. That like, is so nice. I remember Lauren, when um, I had seen her for the first time in months because of COVID, she was like, you seem great. She's like, bro, you're like a lot cooler now. Not even <laughs> just that. She just was like, you seem happy. And like, genuine. Yeah. so many people were telling me that. And I was like, I didn't even like realize it. And I was like, like, I just shit. am happy. Like, yeah. I'm taking care of myself. And then... Doesn't yeah, doesn't COVID that feel good really, to like, oh fuck COVID, COVID really dude. hit and yeah. things got bad and I moved out of my parents' house, which was a good step for me, one hundred percent, but it came with a lot of stress and it's definitely been a battle trying to take care of myself while we while also having to manage the things of being an adult, mm-hmm. which during yeah. a pandemic. Yes. This shit sucks. So well, essentially to circle back to the complete opposite conversation of what I'm currently talking about. Where were we? I <laughs> I was taught I was explaining why I'm still in school. Oh right, 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 right. Since yes. I took that oh my semester gosh, we're so off, bad. Um I when I came back to school, I completely changed major, so I kind of had to restart. Mm-hmm. Um and now um I'm finishing up um I believe after the summer. I should be done, but it might be fall. I don't really know. My and then you're, kind of a you're doing marketing now, right? Yes, business administration and marketing. Good. I feel like that is a lucrative. Freaking finding a job during this has been ass. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of ex- like not excited. I'm kind of glad my situation is. Yeah, literally, I didn't like have to, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. by the time I graduate. Yeah, literally, like, but probably not. <laughs> I mean, and then this is like the year you didn't go back to Blendwood, or 2020 was, aka COVID. So yes. I'm like you kind of, kind of played your cards right. I did right there. I did. Proud I mean, I was doing online completely unrelated to COVID when exactly. COVID hit, mm-hmm. So so I was never really impacted. That's until yeah. this semester is the first semester I was impacted because I had my first in class class. God, in class classes are like, I love them. I loved in class. I hated it. Really? I thrived online. Like I hate granted, online my mental health has also been managed mm-hmm. and I never was taking in class while my mental health was being managed. Mm-hmm. So that could very well be the issue. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. But, um, when I, ever since I left London, I've been completely online until this semester. Um, and I've done just, I think up until last semester I had, all 4.0s every semester really which like at Lin- you, i love linwood with like a i know a two under a two five i believe yeah i had to write to umkc why should they they should accept me oh and i pretty much had to even though i didn't want to explain play, yeah. i didn't want to play a pity card but i was like the admissions counselor i was communicating with that she was like you're gonna have to write a letter for mm-hmm. acceptance because your gpa from linwood is so low mm-hmm I pretty much, she told me, she was like, I'm not trying to say to get people to pity you, but, like, if you have any outstanding circumstances, like, you should say that because they'll be probably accept you if you have a circumstance. So, I, essentially, what we just talked about in this whole damn near podcast, like, typed it all out in a letter and was like, please let me in. And so they I were like, you know fuck what? My life. Fuck yeah, dude. They were like. Oh, they, they literally, like. Open was, arms, come here, baby no, girl. They didn't, so, she said she was like, sometimes they'll hold a meeting. Mm-hmm. about your letter just to talk to you about no meeting they just accepted me i was like i really played that up you really put yourself out there for them but fuck it i mean and that looked you 4.0s and shit i mean i think it helped when i really explained it like if you look at my transcripts from high school like 
I was a good student. Mm-hmm. Being a good student isn't the issue here. It's yeah. up here. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing to my head. I forget we're doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. I kind of do too, honestly. I feel like we've just been, like, having a good time chatting. Yeah. This is going to be a lot to edit. I'm oh, yeah. so sorry. No, that's totally okay. I think I might just, like, leave a ton of it. Because everything kind of builds off each other. Like, yeah, that's you know what I'm I saying? just can't stay on one track, and I'm so sorry. And I do it, too, is the problem. I also want to apologize for the sound of my voice. Oh, God, no. I, I have, You think it's bad, it's not. I have a terrible voice, but I also know that um, it's just super nasally, and it doesn't help that I have one nostril that's like, what's that? I don't want to say clogged, because it sounds like a toilet stuff. A little stuffy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did it again. <laughs> Cindy keeps doing this a little. And it's like when your mouth is just like a little open, it's like. A, oh, my God. It sounds like a, like a bubble in my throat. It does. It happens to me, though, too. I'm like, I don't know what it means. It's like though. weird things are happening. Is it acid reflux? Is it reflux or reflex? Oh, shit. We spent for like two hours. <gasps> No, we suck. I I'm gonna edit it. It's I'm okay. So no, it's totally okay. I will edit. Okay, so I'm gonna have to edit some. All right, thanks guys for listening in on Sydney's health journey. What we've learned together, how to tell when your friends are a little depressy, a little sad, and when you can chime in. Um, Sydney, do you have any opening no- or closing notes? Follow her on Instagram at Shallon Babe. S C H A L L E N. Is that right? B A B E? Two E's at the end. God damn, I'm good. All right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you, City. Um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Bye, sluts.